I just want to pray before we move on and just believe that the Holy Spirit will open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to what Jesus wants to do to us today. So Lord, we pray for the Holy Spirit. Awaken this word that we have. Father, we pray that our, our ears may hear what can only be heard in the Spirit. I pray, Lord Jesus, that our hearts be open and our ears attentive to what you want to do in us today. So Lord, we pray this word uh, be life-changing and powerful in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, I'll say welcome. It's great to be with you in the house of God today. Uh, I just want to take a moment to uh, thank our our worship team for Awaken Nights on Thursday night. Many of those guys come out on a, on a Thursday night straight from work to church uh, to play, to you know, sing and do multimedia and all the other things that we have to do to make church work. So I want to honour those guys for sacrificing their time, their lives, bringing their gift to the house of God. And uh, you know, they, they're so hungry, they go and raid McDonald's afterwards and eat everything that's in sight. But let's thank them for their for their great service to the house of God. Well, today I want to speak uh, the second installment of uh, my series called Love Church and um, something that the, the Lord just been speaking to me about is uh, uh, having a love for church. That, no, no one even noticed that in the first service. They didn't even notice that the handsome uh, model that was in the, in the picture there. But uh, Love Church Part 2, uh, if you're taking notes, the, the, the title is Your Place Matters. So a couple of weeks ago I started the Love Church series and we looked at the word ecclesia. So if you weren't here, you can listen to it on our podcast and catch up on that. But it's a Greek word that, that talks about or means the, the gathering of people together. And if you remember, if you were here, I spoke about the seven churches of Revelation and the thing that we saw there is that, uh, that, that every one of those churches, although there was good things happening, there was also lots of other stuff happening that wasn't so good. So what we came away from that message, uh, Love Church Part 1, is while the church is in the world, the world will be in the church. And I made the disclaimer, if you remember, go to church anyway. So you might be thinking, well, I don't want to go to that church because there's you know, a lot of bad people. Well... Get used to it, because while the church is in the world, the world will be in the church, and we just need to be the best believer that we can be, and trust Jesus to work on us just like he's working on the person next to us. So um, hopefully we can understand that. So love church part two, it gets better, your place matters. So Jesus spoke of building a new temple, uh, and that new temple was going to be built with people. And, and with himself as the cornerstone or the foundation stone of this new temple. Now, if you're taking notes, you can write these scriptures down. Isaiah uh, chapter 28, verse 16. And that is a prophecy of that we know as Jesus as being the cornerstone. So it's prophesied in Isaiah, probably 700 years before Jesus. Then Matthew 21, verse 42, Jesus himself says, I am the cornerstone. And then afterwards in Ephesians 2 verse 20, the Apostle Paul speaks about Jesus being the cornerstone. So we see there's, there's, uh, there's the prophecy, there's the declaration of Jesus, and there's also the, the after party where Paul says Jesus is the cornerstone. So 
I just want us to go to 1 Peter 2.5. This is our main verse for today. It says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So I want you to get this statement. As we mature in faith, church becomes more than what we get from it, but what we bring to it. And that has to be our goal. Our goal ought to be for every Christian is that you grow in maturity, that you, that you develop spiritually year on year as you go on this journey of a disciple. So you should write that down. It's not on the screen, so you can't cheat and take a picture, but write that down. As we mature in faith, church becomes more than what we get from it, but what we bring to it. I think that's a, a great statement. So when Jesus speaks on building his house, it's not about buildings. It's not about you know, a, a place where we gather. It's connecting people to their place in the spiritual temple called church. So we're going to look at some things. I hope they help you understand this. So to relegate church to buildings is to miss the point entirely. So, so we do have you know, language that we often use where we go to the church. We go to church and I'll meet you at church. You know, we use that you know, probably incorrectly. This is just a building, a facility, but the church is you. The church is the believer. The church is the Christian who carries the born-again experience of, of living with Jesus. So we, 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 we've mis, uh, misinterpreted the word church to say, well, we're building a church. Well, we're building a building that will house the church. So uh, I think it's important we see these, these distinctions today, today. Galatians 3 verse 27 says, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. That's just a description of the new life that comes to those who put their faith and trust in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says, Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. It talks about being baptized in these, in these scriptures, being baptized into the body. Those who are baptized into the body are the church, are, are, are the way they've been um, grafted into the family of God. So if you're here today and you're not baptized, may I encourage you, perhaps start thinking about being baptized. Consider that step in your discipleship journey of being baptized. Jesus instituted a body of believers taken out of the world, as we see, some are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. He's, he's instituted a body taken outside of the world to be his people, and we call that the church. So the church is made up of those individuals who've come to a decision of faith and believe in Jesus Christ as their saviour. Jesus described that, that uh, faith, moment as being born again and we're a church that believes that you must be born again to be made right with God I don't think you're ever born into the church you're not born a believer you you make that conscious decision to accept Jesus Christ and you have that life transformation in in a very real sense so 
What the church looked like in the very first century, the very early church, I think is important for us to give a picture of what church should, should be in every century. So the first century church, we have an example, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Now, I've been corrected at the first service about how to pronounce the word, but uh, I've, I've put in brackets there. The word fellowship in the Greek is, is koinonia, but I said koinonia. Who cares? I'm not a Greek. I don't want to be Greek. I just want to eat Greek lamb. Koinonia Greek. In the Greek, it, it means Christian fellowship or community, a community with God and fellow Christians. So it's a community that, 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 that we embrace the Lord. We, we love the, the presence of the Holy Spirit and we love each other. Isn't that a novelty? That would be wonderful to have in church. But it has a greater meaning, that word koinonia. Is that better? It has a great meaning, a greater meaning, I should say, of contributing. So when you're part of the, the koinonia, I'm getting better at it, you're contributing, participating, part, you're in unity in the group we call church. Does that explain who's confused now? He's saying, I want to go back to Greek school. But it's been a, a pattern since ancient days for godly people to gather. It wasn't a sudden new thing when Jesus came and, and uh, uh, got his disciples around and then they said, oh, we, we all love each other and we want to hang out together. It's been something that, that has been a yearning in the heart of mankind forever. So if we look at Psalm chapter 111, verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his people as I meet with his godly people. Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God sets the lonely in family. See, you may not be dispositioned to feel lonely. You might not be a person who goes, well, I sit around feeling lonely. You might think, hey, I'm pretty happy with my own, my own uh, company. Yet, we are built with innate needs to belong in relationship. It's something that is inbuilt within us. You might think, well, I don't really need that. Maybe there's, there's issues where sometimes we've been hurt, sometimes we've been disappointed, sometimes we have some baggage from people who, who um, didn't do the right thing by us, and so we think, well, I'm going to build some walls and separate myself and live isolated from everyone else. That way I don't get hurt. It sounds like a great idea. But... Here's something, modern psychology recognises the damage caused to those who are deliberately excluded from social interaction with others. So the Australian Institute of Health says this, social isolation is linked to mental illness, emotional distress, suicide, dementia, physical inactivity, poor sleep and general dissatisfaction with life. It can all be traced down to disconnection between people. So God created people to be with people and he wants people to have relationships that are meaningful and, and life building. So if we take all that back to the manufacturer's, um, the manufacturer's manual, you know something when you get something there's always a manual, always a manufacturer's manual and men never read them. 
I love it when you get something and you go, we set this thing up and you, and you turn on and you go, damn stupid thing doesn't work. And, the, and, the, and then you, then you, and, and you know what I really, really hate, and I do it a lot, is it, it will say when you read the manual, it says never ever tip it on its side or, or don't ever, do, and, you, and you think, you know what, I, th- I, th- I think I did. <laughs> so why do they make this stupid thing that's so, so, you know, so stupid? But when, when you want to know how something works, it's great to use and refer to the manufacturer's manual, the user manual. So the user manual for life says, don't live in isolation. You were meant for kononia. Kononia. You mean this? Proverbs 18 verse 1. You were meant for fellowship. We'll just say it in English. How's that? Proverbs 18 verse 1. It says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, he rages against all wise judgment. My caution is there is read the manual. Read the life manual and you'll get some wisdom that will build your life, that will strengthen you in in so many ways, not only spiritual but psychologically and emotionally. Who wants to live that? So in modern translation, that, that the Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, unfriendly people are unwise. But we want to be wise people. We want to be people who are wise and live with the benefits of what the user manual tells us about life. So the purpose that Jesus has for for Koinonia brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. Do you like that, Josh? You're driving me crazy how I'm saying that. All these Bible college students. Bible college is awesome. It's really good. You do it. <laughs> the purpose Jesus has for that brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. So it brings the kingdom principles of right order are found within the church or they should be found in the church. See, church is meant to be good for you. And I, the, the issues we often have is that there's, there's stories, so many stories of people whose church experience has been somehow distorted, somehow toxic sometimes, some, somehow not what God intended for it to be. That's what it is sometimes. We saw that in part one. Maybe you need to listen to that message. But don't give up on church because it's not always been what it should be. you just got to work on yourself. So church is meant to be good for you. And it's great, and what, you, what, what ought to happen is that you find your place in it. Remember, Jesus is building a temple of living stones. You are the living stone, and you belong somewhere in the construction of that temple. And we need to find that place. You need to find your place in it. 1 Corinthians 12.12 12 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Down to verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. It's pretty clear. It's pretty, it's pretty explanatory there. So the next verse brings it all together into a working context. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7, and I've gone backwards in order. It says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Say that again. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So finding your place to the life, you know, so that we can live the life to its fullness that Jesus talked about, 
um, is, is finding our place in the Quinonia or the Koinonia house of God. That building that Jesus is, is constructing called the temple. So you have a place in God's house and our place is to help you find that. So you have a place and we want to help you find that place in the temple. So love church, your place matters. And I want you to understand that your place matters to God. Your place matters in the house of God. I think maybe the greatest breakdown of modern life is disconnection. The feeling that we don't know where we belong. I'll just have the musicians come back and join me, please. But when we consider the fail rate of modern Christianity, talking about those who turn away, those who don't make it, those who started on the journey but then somehow you know, they're just not here anymore, and that is huge today. I don't believe it's because there aren't any good churches or a lack of teaching or that the church didn't quite meet the needs. See, when individuals don't find their place in the koinonia, the church is diminished in every way. And it's easy to walk away from that when you haven't found your place. So it's not about the church. It's not about the teaching. It's not about those other things. It's about the individual saying, I need to find my place. I need to let Jesus connect me in to this living to this living stone into his temple where I belong, where I fit. So Jesus wants you connected. He wants you stronger. He wants you in the place of his koinonia, in his church, the house of God, because your place matters. See, we partake of communion together as as a church. It's a vital demonstration of our connection as believers. And when we take communion, when we take that piece of bread or wafer and drink the juice, we're demonstrating that, that we are here together because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of the sacrifice He made to create the church, to create a way for us. Matthew 16 verse 18. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we, we don't need to, to scratch too deep to realize that the church has a lot of things prevailing against it. Always has. The true church has always had a lot of things prevailing against it. A lot of things coming against it to, res- to resist the church. But what Jesus says is, I will build my church. So let's agree with and let's, let's um, I can't think of the right words here, but, but let's cooperate. That's the best word. Let's cooperate with what Jesus is building. And that starts with a decision upon us to say, Jesus, whatever else is prevailing in my life, I'm going to cooperate with your purpose for me. And I'm going to, I'm going to plant myself in the house of God. I'm going to allow you to position me where I fit in the temple that you're building. That What an amazing picture to be part of, to belong like that. You know, in one stage I was, I'll tell you a story. We were part of a church in Adelaide many years ago and there was some prevailing going on against the church. 
So a lot of staff members were losing their jobs. They've already been told that their, their contracts are, are over and they're, they're, they're in this sort of finishing off stages. And so they're, they're feeling down. They're, they're a little bit depressed, they're a little bit confused, um, disappointed, disillusioned, all those things. They're, they're the pastors. And I remember for a few weeks, um, we, we'd go along to church. It was in a big old cinema. And, uh, you know, the, the, the people used to come and slap you on the back and give you a, a hug and, and welcome you. know like They were all kind of all just a little bit different. And after a couple of weeks of this, I, I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I said it to anyone else, but I said, today if I go to church and no one welcomes me, if no one says hello, that's it. I'm, I'm done with this thing. Not knowing what they're all going through. But I, I, I was walking from the car park into church thinking, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to see what's happening today. You know, if no one talks to me, there's some, you know, there's stuff going on and I'm, you know, they don't like me or something or other. So I'm done with this church. But as I, I walked in, started walking up the stairs and I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me and, and, and sort of just shifted my attention to start to notice someone else, start to notice others. So instead of me waiting for, for people to slap me on the back and, and give me a kiss on the cheek or whatever I was waiting for, I, I saw people and went, hey, how are you today? You know, start encouraging others. And I shifted my focus and my attention to help someone else. Not knowing until probably a couple of weeks later that a lot of those staff members were, were effectively, you know, on their last few days and they were on their way out of employment. So they were, they were carrying their own, their own issues. But Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Jesus is that cornerstone. And we are being built into his house, connected and perfected with Jesus. 1 Peter 2 verse 5, go back to that one. It says, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. See, this is God's plan for His kingdom and you're part of it. You're in it. See, the battle of disconnection, uh, the battle of rejection is the devil's lie. We need to reject that lie and confess over ourselves, Jesus, help me to find my place. Fit me in, teach me to be a contributor and a participator. See, community is a vital demonstration of our connection as believers, that we have that quinonia relationship with the Lord. I would just ask that you would stand with me today. And I want us to declare over ourselves today. I want you to look around the room today. Turn your head, have a good look around, look at people. Turn around, see who's around you. And say, 
Hello, body. Hello, body. It's so good to be part of you. See, these are declarations of commitment to each other. We've got to say out loud, and I want you to do this, I need you. And you need me. See, Love Church Part 2, it's so good to be part of you. Does that make sense this morning? So we want to pray today for the unity in the body. What a great looking church that is. Very handsome people there. But we need to ask the Lord to help us to be contributors and participators in the body, in the temple that Jesus is constructing that has eternal that has eternal consequences for us. So why don't we just let me pray for you and uh, then then we're just going to do a, a couple of other declarations that I think are really important. So Lord, I just pray this morning over your people. I pray, Lord God, that we get a greater understanding of the koinonia, of your, of your plan of the church, of who we are together and the power that is in that unity. Father, I pray for those who have battled disconnection. And right now we reject the devil's plan, the devil's lie. Lord, we pray, help us find the place. Lord, we say, fit me in. Teach me to be a contributor and a participator in your temple. We pray, Lord, for unity of being in the body as living stones connected together through Jesus Christ. Lord, I declare over every single person their place matters, that they belong in the Lord's house. Lord, we dedicate ourselves to that house today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can take your seats again, but I want us to just to finish on a confession today. And I want us to speak Speak this out. And if you don't feel right about it, then you obviously you don't have to say it. But if you feel that that you need to you know, find a, a, a new place, have some revival going on in your life again, then a confession like this can really change something. I want us to say this together. And you know, we'll say it all together. I'll just read that so you know what it is. I love church and my place matters. Can we say that together as a, as a fellowship today? I love church and my place matters. Say it again. I love church and my place matters. Now, church, if you believe that today, I want us to give thanks to Jesus and uh, trust that the Lord is building a temple of living stones and that you are a vital and necessary part of that building. God bless your church.